What's the word, people? Welcome back to another episode from What's the Word Entertainment. I am, of course, I'm your host, Sherm. Ron couldn't be here again this week as he had a prior engagement, so he just got me for this time. But there's a few topics I wanted to discuss and really was, you know, interesting to talk about, so I figured I'd just go ahead and do this episode myself. So on this week's show, we're going to discuss the recent Week 7 college football results, uh, the upcoming NBA season, as well as some action from Week 6 of the NFL. But first, I did wanted to talk about some MLB action. Obviously, we're halfway through October, so of course that means Major League Baseball playoffs. We both have the League Championship Series underway. Of course, in the ALCS, we have Houston versus Boston. Now, Game 2 was last night in Boston, and the Red Sox came out on top 7-5 over the Astros, tying up that series 1-1. David Price went 4-2 and thirds of innings with 4 earned runs, giving up on 5 hits and 4 Ks. While on the other side for the Astros, Garrett Cole went six strong with four earned on six hits and five Ks. Obviously, you have the Astros who are the defending uh, champions. We have the reigning AL MVP in Jose Altuve. And their ace as well as former MVP and Cy Young Award winner Justin Verlander. Um, I mean, Houston, obviously, they're, you know, they're the reigning champs for a reason. They're a great team, to, you know, in the AL. Um, you know, they've got a lot of hits. They seem a lot of bats on that line up there. Their pitching is strong, but I do think they have met their match with the Boston Red Sox. The Red Sox are obviously the best team in baseball all year long with 108 wins on the year, which is phenomenal. Um, you have their ace, Chris Sale, and all as well as David Price, who I mentioned earlier, and possibly the AL MVP and J.D. Martinez, but who did go over 4 last night, and I believe went over 3 in Game 1, so he definitely needs to step up. But I do think Boston will take this series just because, you know, they're, they've got some more veterans on that team. You know, they've got the experience. You know, they've been here before. Um, so I do think the Red Sox will come out on top uh, for this series. On the other side of the pond, we've got the NLCS with the L.A. Dodgers and the Milwaukee Brewers now, of course, the Dodgers have reached the NLCS for the third straight year, um, you know, and they were able to pick up Game Two actually over the Brewers four to three. Now the series is tied as well at one to one, which has actually snapped the Brewers' thirteen game win streak. Uh, Justin Turner actually had the go ahead two run homer in the eighth. Um, the Brewers, you know, were up three zero going into the seventh, and Yelich and Braun are actually combining for one for eight in that game. And you know, Yelich is actually probably going to be the excuse me the NL MVP this 2018 season. Um, you know, and Braun is a former MVP himself, but the Dodgers. They've got a hell of a lineup. Obviously, their ace is Clayton Kershaw. You know, they got Yasiel Puig in there. You know, Manny Machado, who was obviously a big pickup for them before the trade deadline this year. You know, coming over from Baltimore, so he's helping them out a lot. As I mentioned, Turner before to his clutch. But you know, even though the Brewers have you know their MVP candidate and Yelich, you know, I think the the Dodgers will come out with this series win again, go back to the World Series, who, you know, they faced the Astros last year, came up short, of course, but I think this is the Dodgers' turnaround, you know, to really get there again. I'm not saying they're going to beat the Red Sox, but I do think it will be LA Dodgers, Boston Red Sox, World Series. I know, I think... the Dodgers, I'm not counting them out just yet, but they do have a very good shot. I'm gonna, I'm gonna say it's about 55 to 45 percent. You know, the Red Sox taking it, but that could swing either way, maybe due to some injuries and things like that. But for right now, we've definitely got some good matchups here in the, in the ALCS as well as the NLCS. So next up, I want to go into Week Seven of the college football. Uh, this 2018 season it has been a great year so far. There were quite a few upsets this past weekend in Week Seven. Of course, the biggest one I would say is number two Georgia losing their game against number thirteen LSU, thirty-six to sixteen. They were able to, you know, LSU was able to get to Jake Fromm, rattle them around. Some folks are calling for a change at quarterback for the Bulldogs. I don't think we're there there just yet. 
think everyone needs to pump the brakes just a little bit here. Jake Fromm is a great quarterback. Led him led the Bulldogs to the uh, national championship game as a, last year as a freshman. So I don't think that you know they need to you know take that you know, change make that change just yet and then just give them some time. They'll be okay there. Um, LSU, you know, coming off that loss to Florida, people kind of counted LSU out. You know, their their run might have been over, but. Folks, beware. LSU, you know, is legit here now. You know, don't let them sleep. Don't, don't sleep on LSU now. So I will say that that, that was a very good game. Um, the other one I want to look at as well is Washington uh, lost to n- number 17, Oregon. Obviously, the Huskies were ranked 7th in the country. This was a big game for them. The Pac-12 has, I would say, has exploded now because of this is this matchup. You know, they um, they were they lost that game 30-27 to in overtime, I believe. Uh, I mean, Oregon, I don't think... They've arrived just even though this is a big win for them. I don't think they've arrived just yet. You know, this is kind of you know good good turnaround season for them. They haven't really been great since Chip Kelly has been gone. Everyone think I gotta admit, uh, but Washington, man, this was their chance to really put their stamp on their season. You know, um, to really take control of that Pac-12. Uh, but obviously, we got some we got a few more weeks to go. Five about five more six weeks to go in the season. So a lot of a lot of, a lot of things can happen. The other uh, matchup, obviously, I want to look at is number six, West Virginia, losing big to Iowa State, thirty to fourteen. A lot of folks had West Virginia going pretty far. You know, some people see it said they were overrated. You know, didn't really play anybody, but you know, Iowa State they were a heck of a team at home. I believe almost beat Oklahoma. Uh, you know, they've got to just turn it around. They've got to. They have. Well, some people said they had a potential Heisman candidate and Will Greer quarterback going into the season. You know, uh, but this was every a big loss for them. Another one, uh, the U. Come, you man, Miami, number sixteen in the country, losing to Virginia in Virginia, sixteen to thirteen, a close one there. That was definitely a shocker, uh, I must say. Miami, you know, really had high hopes coming into the season. Obviously, coming off of last year, doing so well, you know, having the you know the, the uh, impact and the the you know the camaraderie of that team, and, you know, have the turnover chain was in full effect and everything. But you know, Miami's really got to turn it around quick if they want to come out on tops in the ACC. But even a bigger upset, which I was certainly heartbroken on, of course, was Michigan State being the number eight Penn State Nittany Lions in Happy Valley, twenty-one to seventeen. What is it about Penn State that they just can't seem to hold on to fourth quarter leads? I mean, the same thing would happen with Ohio State two weeks ago. Had the lead in the fourth, gave it up. Same thing here. You know, they don't have. Saquon Barkley, as we you know, we've mentioned in earlier episodes. Obviously, Miles Sanders. He had a heck of a game. He had, I believe, 168 yards rushing in this one here. Uh, I, I just, I just don't know. I mean, the receivers have to step up. The, re- the receiving core is not what it was before. Juwan Johnson needs to do more. He's he's very inconsistent. They don't have Gesicki at tight end anymore. He's in the NFL against with the Dolphins. Uh, I mean. You know, McSorley, he had a good game. He played well. Uh, I just some some of it I think has to do with the play calling there. Uh, I'm I'm not sure if you know if Penn State can really turn it around. Next week I believe they have Indiana followed by Iowa. So some games that they should win here. You know, now their chances at a big time title probably seem lost at this point unless they they're gonna need some help. Ohio State's gonna have to lose at some point. You know, they've also you know Penn State also has to play Michigan later this year. Also have to play Wisconsin later this year. So. Their schedule doesn't get much easier, too. So, but that's my piece on the college football week seven results. So, coming up next, I wanted to get into the some NBA action. Obviously, the season starts off tomorrow, so I wanted to discuss a few things there. So, stay tuned. I'll be right back with some more. Thanks. All right. So now, before we get into week six of the NFL, I want to discuss the NBA. Uh, 
the 2018-2019 is getting ready to tip off this week. So, of course, one of the biggest stories, actually the biggest story in the NBA this offseason was, of course, LeBron James taking his talents to Hollywood and joining the L.A. Lakers, you know, leaving Cleveland after, you know, eight consecutive, excuse me, four consecutive trips to the finals, eight consecutive if you count, going back to his days in Miami. Obviously, this is a big change going him from the Eastern Conference going to the Western Conference, which is loaded, of course, as we all know, which is obviously the power conference in the NBA. But now he joins the Lakers with Lonzo Ball. Uh, you know, he's got uh, Ingram. They got some, you know, good talent, young talent there. Who they they had some good acquisitions on the offseason. Rajon Rondo coming over as well from the New Orleans. We have JaVel McGee coming over from the Warriors and also them signing Lance Stevenson, who was a pest to LeBron back in his Miami days when Lance was with the Pacers. Now, do I think the Lakers are going to go to the finals this year? No, absolutely not. Obviously, they have to go through the Warriors, of course. But they will make the playoffs. I see them being maybe a five seed, probably a, probably even a six seed, actually, to tell you the truth. But, you know, it's it's LeBron. can never count them out. But let's just face it. They don't have the firepower as Golden State has, as Houston has, for that matter. But this is obviously a big deal. LeBron in L.A., you know, to me, this was not a basketball decision. This is more of a lifestyle choice, more than a basketball decision. You know, he has a home in L.A. he recently bought. You know, he wants to do things. He's thinking about life after basketball. That's why I think he really made this move. Now, granted, you know, he wasn't going to win in Cleveland. We all know that, you know, unless he got more help ever since, you know, B. Kyrie being gone really hurt the team. They barely won with Kyrie the year before. So, you know... Uh, I just don't see LeBron, you know, doing anything really, you know, I mean, he very well, he, he may very well win MVP. He, well, technically he could win MVP every single year. Let's face it. He's the best player on the planet, but the Lakers need more firepower. You know, they're going to have some cap space next season to come out with another big name free agent on a max deal. So we'll see what that, ha- what happens there. But I do think, you know, like I said, they'll, they'll be in the five, six range. You know, if something goes bad, they get some injuries. It could be down to seven, but I do think they'll make the playoffs for sure. Uh, but, you know, it's definitely a big moment to watch this year. Uh, the other big news in the offseason for the NBA was Kyrie, excuse me, was Kawhi Leonard being traded to the Toronto Raptors for DeMar DeRozan. As we all know, Kawhi, you know, he was he was tired of San Antonio. You know, he wanted out there. And on the other side, DeMar DeRozan felt like he was going to stay in Toronto. He thought he was going to be a Raptor forever, which is crazy. You know, and I don't know why San Antonio wouldn't try to work with Kawhi. Kawhi is arguably the best two-way player in the in the game, you know. I mean, other than LeBron, outside LeBron, but, you know, even though Kawhi's defense is a little better. But Kawhi, I mean, he's a franchise guy. You know, he's a little quiet. Some people don't really know his name. But still, you that's a guy you don't really want to give up for, you know, give up. So, I mean, Toronto, they're definitely, I think, have improved. They even picked up Danny Green in that trade as well, too. It's great for Toronto, but... Is he going to want to stay? Kawhi has made it known that he wants to go to L.A. And will it be the Lakers? Will it be the Clippers? Who knows? But Kawhi, I don't see Kawhi staying in Toronto because, yeah, they, they can, you know, possibly contend in the East, but they're not going to win a championship there. So Kawhi wants to know, wants to go where he can win definitely for sure. So we'll see how that plays out. But I do think the Raptors, they'll, you know, obviously be the top two or three teams in the East, of course. But are they going to really make any real, real noise? No, let's face it, it's Toronto. The other one, a big acquisition was, of course, DeMarcus Cousins coming over from New Orleans and going to Golden State. That team is loaded. They've been loaded with Steph, KD, Clay, Draymond. Now you add a walking double-double in DeMarcus Cousins. Your average is, you know, 25 and 11 or 12, I believe it is, you know. 
I mean, obviously he's out with the Achilles. He's not ready yet. He may come back, I would say, probably December, maybe even January time frame. Who knows how, how his rehab is going. They say he's doing well. He's been shooting recently. But DeMarcus, I mean, you put him in that lineup, they're unstoppable. Golden State's going to win no matter what. No one can stop them. Let's just face it. They're too, they're too loaded. Another move people are kind of quiet about, I still think it's, it's relevant, is Carmelo Anthony signing with the Houston Rockets. Obviously, he left Oklahoma City well, via trade, and he was waived by the Atlanta Hawks, and then he signed with Houston. This is something significant, because he's reunited with his old coach, Mike D'Antoni, who coached him for a little bit on the New York Knicks. He's got Chris Paul, he's familiar with their friends, they're good, they're good teammates. Um, they're, they have James Harden, of course, former MVP. Well, excuse me, reigning MVP. Now, I mean, Paul, Harden, Melo, even though Melo plays no defense, yes, I get it. But, I mean, Houston, they very well, if Chris Paul is still playing in that in that series last year, Houston could have possibly taken out Golden State. So you don't know what's going to happen there. But I do think Houston is a legitimate contender for the West. They'll obviously be the two seed behind Golden State, so that's going to be a heck of a series once we get to the Western Conference Finals later in 2019. But uh, I mean, Carmelo, I do think they'll that team will push him to his, you know to his to be his best. Oh, in his situation, in Oklahoma City wasn't the best, of course, as we all saw. But I do think Houston will be a legitimate contender. Now the season starts off uh, Tuesday night with Philly at Boston. Boston is by far, I think, going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, it's funny because after LeBron James signed with the Lakers, I believe there was a tweet by comedian Chris Rock who said, congratulations to the Boston Celtics, the 2018-2019 Eastern Conference champions. So folks are already crowning them the Eastern champs. I know Kyrie's back. Gordon Hayward's back. They've got a, they've got a, lot, of, a lot of young talent. Jason Tatum, uh, Marcus Smart, you know, Terry Rozier. That, that team is destined for, to, do, to do great things. A lot of, a lot of young guys. That team is going to be a, a heck of a force to be reckoned with in the Eastern Conference. And they'll go against, you know, obviously the, the Warriors when they come out. I think that, that series can easily go six or seven games right there. But obviously, I still would, probably would pick the Warriors just because of their experience. But Boston is loaded. And, of course, Philly has turned around their, that team as well due to the process. You know, trust the process. I mean, hey, it works. Mar- uh, Markel Fultz is playing better this preseason Obviously, Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, who's an who's an All Star. Um, that's going to be a great game. I'm going to say I'm going to take Boston because it's at Boston. I'll take Boston in this game, so I think that's going to be a good one. The other one on Tuesday night and opening night is Oklahoma City at Golden State. How wow, anyway, that's that's a heck of a game there. Obviously, you got KD going against his former team in the Thunder. I'm going to force, of course, pick Golden State. How can you not? Um, Oklahoma City was able to re-sign uh, Paul George in the offseason. Who oh and oh to him leaving going to LA he made you know he I guess you know he felt things were unfinished in Oklahoma City that they can do with great things now him and Russell Westbrook together is a force to be reckoned with I just don't think they have enough they're going to need another uh plenty of perennial all-star on that team of course just to compete with Golden State of course to compete with Houston you know Oklahoma they could be a four seed this year maybe even three uh I just don't think they have enough but Golden State will definitely win this game so now I really want to just get into the week six results of the NFL. I had some great games yesterday. Um, of course, one I wanted to highlight, of course, is Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. The Steelers were able to come out with the victory on this one. A close, a close game here. Some people more closer than some people thought it would be. The Steelers edged it out twenty-eight to twenty-one. Now, of course, Antonio Brown had the game-winning touchdown on what was a very controversial play. Uh, it seemed like the receiver 
set a pick play for Antonio Brown, which freed him up. Ben Roethlisberger hit him on that quick slant. Drake Kirkpatrick was out of position due to the pick play. The, the league came out today and said that the defensive player engaged the offensive players. So therefore, it was not a pick play. I, I don't know. It was so close. You know, you can argue, you can make surely make the argument that the offensive player, you know, initiated the, the contact. I wouldn't have been surprised if the refs threw the flag. The refs are missing calls every game all, all year long, every year, of course. So we can't really hold that against them. But, you know, good win for the Steelers. They were able to pick up the victory in Cincinnati. So hats off to them. Another game which was pretty significant was Seattle over Oakland. That game took place at Wembley Stadium over in London. Oakland, they can't get it together, man. Uh, I think a lot of folks are going to be questioning John's Gruden, John Gruden's tactics. First, you trade away your best player in Khalil Mack. You know, you say you can't rush the passer. Well, there you go. That's why. Derek Carr has been inconsistent this year. You know, Seattle, that would have been a dominant performance winning that game 27-3. to um, Seattle looks like they're kind of turning things around, even without Earl Thomas in that secondary for them. You know, Oakland, uh, they've got it together. They've got it, got to get it together quick, or things are going to spiral really, really fast for them. Another game which was a thriller, uh, which I was not expecting, was Miami and Chicago. Miami came out with their overtime victory with a game-winning field goal, thirty-eight to twenty-one. Brock Osweiler, excuse me, uh, got the you know, unexpected start doing doing the running to Ryan Tannehill not being able to go in that game. You know, Chicago. Coming off a bye, but the week before, Mitchell Trubisky lit it up against Tampa Bay with six touchdown passes. So all signs to point to them, you know, taking this game easily, especially with Brock Osweiler at the helm. Chicago has a stout defense there, you know, top one of the one of the tops in the league this year. Um, you know, obviously Mac is there. Of course, they got him from the Razor Raiders, as I just mentioned. You know, so this was a quite a surprise. You know, and this game was actually pretty close. Came down to the wire. Kenyon Drake actually fumbled going into the end zone on the one yard line, and and uh, Chicago was marching back down the field. So some some folks were pretty surprised, including myself, that Miami was able to get this one out. Um, another game I wanted to talk about was obviously the L.A. Rams and the Denver Broncos. L.A. going into into Mile High Stadium, where it was actually snowing earlier in the day in Mile High yesterday. Temperatures were, down, I believe, down in their mid-20s, which is crazy. You know, the Rams coming from over to L.A., they're not used to that weather. Uh, but, you know, L.A. was able to get the win 23-20 to with another close one there. Um, Todd Gurley had a career-high 208 yards rushing. The Rams are 6-0. I think they're the best team in football. I mean, a lot of people I'd say they're the best team in football. They've got some injuries on the defensive side, so that's why I think Denver was able to get keep this game so close. Keep Tlaib is still out. Marcus Peters is still out. They're two big off-season acquisitions. But if they get them back, that offense is rolling. Jared Goff is having a heck of a year. You know, the receivers are playing well. Brandon Cooks and so forth. You know, L.A., I think, is definitely the team to beat in the NFC. Another game which was a very big shocker, the Cowboys over the Jacksonville Jaguars, forty to seventeen. For I didn't think Dallas had this kind of offense. <laughs> you know, I mean Jacksonville. What's up with them? They have to, they're supposed to be one of the best defensive teams in the league. Last year they were. I know they were, but this year, what happened? Jalen Ramsey coming out this offseason talking a whole lot of trash to people. Everybody saying he's the best corner, saying this quarterback is trash. This quarterback is a gimmick player. He can't do this. He can't do that. And they're just getting smoked. You know, they can't, they can't rush the passer for some reason. I don't know what's up with that team. They've got Calais Campbell. They've got, as I mentioned, got Ramsey. You know, you know, I just don't know what's going on with them. Obviously, Blake Bortles on the other side, on the offensive side for them, is we are who we thought he was. He's inconsistent. He's erratic. He, you know, he can't get it together all the time. 
do they need to make a change? A lot of people are saying yes. To me, honestly, this off, past offseason, I thought the Jaguars should have went after Eli Manning. Eli could have reunited with Tom Coughlin, who's you know who's, who's in their front office. I thought that was a great, would have been a great fit for Eli. Leave the Giants, let that team behind, you know, leave that team behind. I grant he's been there for so his entire career, got two Super Bowls, but go to Jacksonville with that great defense. He's an elite veteran quarterback who can, you know, take them probably deep into the playoffs. You know, I don't see Jacksonville going back to the AFC Championship game again this year, just the way they've been playing with break Bortles inconsistency. But again, who knows? But heck, you know, hats off to the Cowboys coming out with a you know, great showing there. And the last game I want to discuss is New England over Kansas City. Obviously, Tom Brady is Tom Brady doing it at 40 years old. What can we say about them? Passing able to come out that win in Foxborough, 43 to 40 over the then undefeated Kansas City Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes still doing Patrick Mahomes things as we've seen all season long. He had a heck of a game as well. But you know, the Patriots are the Patriots, of course. And they've done it time and time again. Now they're four and two. The the Chief handed their the Chiefs their first loss of the season. Is this a matchup we're going to see later in the year and possibly the AFC Championship game? Probably. Uh, but, you know, New England, Gronk, had them lead a pretty mediocre game until that last quarter, you know, made a big play on that last drive for them. They came out with the field goal at the end with got by Gostowski, Gostowski, excuse me. But, you know, even though this is Chiefs, you know, I don't think it's too demoralizing for them. You know, it was a close game. They played well, just got beat by, you know, a better team that day. But I do still think the Chiefs are going to do great things this year. You know, I predict them maybe going 12-4 and on the season. Um, Mahomes is definitely looking like their franchise quarterback, so they definitely did the right thing with him, for sure. Andy Reid's molding him to be a great a great QB in this, in this league. So all signs point to the upside for the Kansas City Chiefs. Nope. Well, folks, that's it for this week's episode of What's the Word Entertainment. Again, I am Sherm. Hopefully next week, Ron will be back and joining me on my side to discuss all the news and action from around the NFL, the NBA, college football, baseball, anything we want to discuss. So hopefully he'll be back here once again. Thanks again, guys, for joining in. Be sure to subscribe to our page and look out for more things to come from What's the Word Entertainment. Thanks, guys. Peace.